This is HPR episode 1783 entitled, Windows to Linux, Better Late Than Never. It is hosted by first-time host GNU Linux RTM and is about 10 minutes long. The summary is, long-time podcast listener finally gets off the fence and makes the switch. Now he's hooked. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. is a story of my last days as a Windows user at home, and my eventual switch to Linux. My name is Kevin, and my online name is GNU Linux RTM. The name GNU Linux RTM was recently created for a project I am working on, but maybe I'll talk about that another time. Although I listen to every single episode of Linux Reality, many episodes of Linux Outlaws, Linux Link Tech Show, The Bad Apples aka GNU World Order, and other podcast shows, I just recently listened to my first episode of Hacker Public Radio. What caught my attention was the plea for content to keep Hacker Public Radio going. So I have been HPR binging, and I have to say that the fact that this kind of podcast format exists is amazing. Yes, I had heard the words Hacker Public Radio before, but I just thought it meant that this was some kind of show for extreme hacker types, which I didn't think described me. Another confession, my day job is mostly in a Windows environment, and although I kept myself up to date on the progress of Linux, I had very few opportunities to use Linux at work. I had enough challenge keeping up to technology I had to know to do my job. Although I heard and understood the significance of making a commitment to use Linux, I never did make the switch. Sure, I dabbled with Linux as a server platform, and maybe to get some use out of some old hardware, but not on my most powerful and most used home machine. The computer I use every day for my own personal project was, until last summer, a Windows PC. You see, I hate wasting effort and time, something we all have a limited amount of. I remember after a particularly frustrating bout with Linux, I turned to my coworker and said, Windows, because life's too short. Also, I am one of those weirdos who love the little red track point on IBM ThinkPads. Last spring I traded my old ThinkPad plus some cash for an off-lease Lenovo ThinkPad W510 notebook. I got it cheaper because they didn't have the original power supply, instead it came with a third-party power supply. But eventually I got to me because it took more than twice as long to charge the notebook. So I spent the money on re- to replace it with a higher wattage power supply. In for a penny, in for a pound. Why not upgrade the to 8 gig of RAM too? Shortly after the 90 day warranty, I started having weird lockup issues. The hard drive light would go solid and the machine would just freeze. I've seen this before. 
suck it up and back to the comp local computer store to replace the hard drive. But, in for a penny, in for a pound, why not get one of those slick new SSD drives? Got home, do a drive copy, and I'm back in business. Or so I think. After a while I realize I am still suffering from intermittent lockups. Time for a fresh install. Install Windows 7. Windows Update. Reboot. Windows Update again. Reboot. Windows Update. Reboot. Almost done. Ugh. Blue screen of death. Reboot. Blue screen of death. Start over. Reinstall Windows. This time I'll trickle install the updates. And I'll back up the system state. Reboot. Repeat. Windows Update. Backup system state. Reboot. Repeat. Finally, it's almost done, but blue screen of death again. Ah, <laughs> no problem. I'll system restore the last working update. But blue screen of death. No, no. I'll remove the update. I'll remove the last one that, and then I'll reinstall all the other ones except for the one that caused the problem. Ah, oh, blue screen of death again. Blue screen. Blue screen. Blue screen. Ah! Is it my new RAM? I'll switch that out. No difference. Maybe it's a power supply. Nope. Go back to non-SSD drive. Still no change. A different Windows install disk. No, no, and no. Now I'm really in for a pound with this machine and I can't use it. Deflated, I put the computer down in the corner of the room and try to forget about it. That sleek black thing pad just sits there mocking me every time I walk by, but I am determined to ignore it. Weeks go by, now a month. I've gone back to my desktop, but it's no use. I miss having a notebook. I'm an easy chair notebook guy now. I don't want to regress down the evolutionary scale and hunch over my desktop anymore. I'm at home. I should be reclining. Like a bad hangover, Time has numbed the memory of the pain. I pick up the ThinkPad. It's time to drink again. I'm back, baby. I've got that you-can't-beat-me techie battle cry pumping through my veins. Linux! I'll try Linux. At least that's the way I prefer to remember it. But really, I was thinking, I spent so much money on this piece of crap, I'll use it even if I have to switch to Linux. Let's see. I've got to approach this logically. Ah, choose a distro. Desktop. Hmm. Video on Richard Stallman spanking Ubuntu on the Amazon deal. Hmm. Okay, Linux Mint 17 is based on the long-term release of Ubuntu. Five-year support? Cool. Top of the distro watch charts? Mm-hmm. Looks like a good start. I install Linux Mint 17 and it's up and running in no time. I run the update manager and hold my breath. Wow, it's 100% updated. No crash screen of doom. Now what? What do I do now? I Google, first things to do after installing Linux Mint 17. Wow, direct hit. Yeehaw. Oh, cool. Steam games. Yummy. Play on Linux. Bonus. What a blast. But the fun of discovery was better than any game I played. Alas, my machine was running great, but still had a lockup issue. Just not as often. But it was a victory nonetheless. Besides, I had a mostly working machine, and I would just ignore the problem. An infrequent lockup didn't seem to bother Linux Mint. It just boot right back up fine. After about a month on Linux Mint, 
a little message popped up. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was just like the machine was talking to me. Hey, buddy, this battery on your notebook, um, it kind of sucks. And you might want to replace it because, well, I need a steady power to, you know, uh, breathe. And it sure would be a lot easier if I could <coughs> count on some steady airflow. Yeah, you know, I was elated, but even more so amazed. I had installed no diagnostic software. I spent no additional time troubleshooting. I had just installed Linux and started using it, and my computer just told me what was wrong with it. The new battery arrived, and now the machine was solid as a rock. Did I go back to Windows 7? Hell no. I had kicked the habit once and for all, and I was not missing Windows at all. I distinctly remember a standout moment when I was working on my brother-in-law's wedding video. Circumstances were that the key family members could not be at the wedding, and they were very anxious and waiting for that wedding video. I didn't want to delay finishing the project and was reluctant to do anything else with the computer during the render process. Rendering the video took quite a bit of time and was very CPU intensive, but I had broken the wedding into several segments and there was lots of rendering and getting feedback. KDN Live lets you assign how many processors would be used during rendering and I had set that to four. There were processors to spare. Maybe I can do something else while I'm waiting for the render. I read a few emails. Hey, I don't notice any performance difference. Maybe I'll surf a bit. Still fine. YouTube video. Smooth. Now in HD. Wow! No problem. No slowdown. Multitasking as it should be. Next day at work, I can't help but talk about it with my coworkers. Why not get a Mac? They say. It wasn't a question. It was a strong suggestion. Most of them had written off Linux years ago. I start talking about how great my system is working for me and how I have been able to get so much done with 100% open source applications. So what, they say. You can install most of those applications on the Mac and Windows as well. It's no use. I guess I'm not much of an evangelist. Or maybe I just work with cynical people. But it does cause me to question, why am I so excited about open source software now? At this point in history, really, most of the fundamental building blocks of open source software have already happened. It seems to me we are now in a fine-tuning stage. I think it is that maturity that appeals to me. No longer do they, you have to say, you can install Linux, but, and the word but lands with a thud, there's very little creative work that you cannot do on Linux and open source software right now. You know, I don't regret a single moment I've invested in switching to and learning Linux. My story continues, but we'll save that for another time. I hope to tell you more about my project and the hurdles I've gone through in a future HPR episode. Bye for now. GNU Linux RTM, signing off. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. 
ECA Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.